¿No se merece tu familia lo mejor? Entonces, ¿por qué no los mejores huevos? Ahora, Egglands Best están disponibles en deliciosas opciones. Huevos clásicos de gallina libre de jaula y orgánicos de Egglands, que ofrecen un sabor más delicioso y fresco de granja que le encantará a tu familia. En comparación con los huevos ordinarios, Egglands Best contiene la mejor nutrición como 6 veces más vitamina D, 10 veces más vitamina E y el doble de omega 3 y B12. Solo Egglands Best. Mejor sabor, mejor nutrición, mejores huevos. Visita egglandsbest.com para más información. The Look deeper. Matrice Richardson was an honor student in search of getting her master's in psychology when she began sending very cryptic messages. When she vanished one night after being arrested, relatives began to think back on these messages and wonder what could have happened to her mental state in this short amount of time. When her body was found in a place she couldn't have gotten to on her own, her family had to start looking elsewhere for answers. Welcome to, or welcome back to, the Great Unsolved podcast, where I, Alexis, discussed unsolved missing persons and murder cases in a hope to gain justice or at least a little bit of media exposure for the victims. All of our social links and website where the show notes will be are in the description box below. I do have two little announcements, though. One, we have partnered with Get Vocal, which is a new basically live podcasting platform, and we partnered with them for their True Crime Thursdays. This means that every Thursday at 8 p.m. Central Time, I will go live on there with another person I know from the true crime community, mostly the true crime community on Twitter, because that's where I connect with people. You can interact on Get Vocal or just watch from YouTube or Periscope. Another announcement is that I'm beginning to post our episodes about a week early on Patreon. So before I would post it a few days early because I'm an awful planner, but recently I've been doing it a week early and they are no ads and you only have to be in the $5 tier for that one. Soon I will also start uploading this year's 31 Days of Crime that doesn't come out on public platforms until October. So that will be a ton of episodes that you can go through very early. But that is the end of the announcements I have, so let's just get into the strange death of Matrice Richardson. So you might end up thinking that my intro to Matrice's life and her personality is a little too long, but it will absolutely help accentuate when things start to change and why this case was treated so badly by police. Matrice Richardson was born to a young teen mother and father. Due to this, Matrice's great-grandmother was around a lot and became very close with Matrice. All four, Matrice, her mother, her father, and her great-grandmother, lived in Los Angeles. 
but around the time she was born, her father was arrested for drug dealing and spent his time in prison until 1993. Due to Matrice's mother, Latisse, not wanting to put her life on hold for him, she began to date other people and found her now husband. They decided it would be best to move to Covina, which is a suburb of LA, due to the LA riots being very prevalent and a lot of violence going on in the city at this time. This proved to be a great choice for the family because not only did it give Matrice a better environment to grow up in, but it also gave the family an environment to thrive in. From the beginning of her time in school, Matrice was reported to be an extremely smart child, young woman, and woman overall. Her mother says that she used to get so bored while in school because things just seemed far too easy for her. Luckily, she was also very personable, so she spent her time getting to know others and becoming amazing friends to them. She seemed to really brighten up any life she walked into, and that is something most people can only wish to have. Throughout elementary and middle school, she was also very sporty, doing a lot of cheerleading and dance. However, by high school, she was done with outdoor sports because she simply had no interest in nature or the outdoors. But before she left high school, she found her true love in psychology. Determined to pursue this academic love of hers, she went on to Cal State Fullerton and enrolled for her bachelor's degree. Her family states that she found her true self in college. Being a top student in psychology didn't stop her from having a great time. She worked at a nightclub as a go-go dancer and embraced the fun she had there. During this time, Matrice also came out to her parents as lesbian, and her parents were extremely supportive and stated they were going to be proud of her no matter what. After Matrice obtained her bachelor's degree, she began to look for colleges to pursue her master's at straight away. She was a very ambitious young woman. During this time, Matrice, being the beautiful woman she was, decided to try out modeling. However, this worried her friends and family because often the meetings between her and agents or photographers would be in very sketchy areas. They were worried something could happen to her during one of those meetings, but she really paid it no mind and she was as independent as one could possibly be, so she kept going and it seems nothing bad ever happened to her during those meetings. Around the same time, it is said that Matrice had a close friend by the name of Vanessa. This was reported in some places, but not reported in others. So I'm unable to confirm this completely. It could have been someone by another name, or there could have been no one. I don't know. All the reports are quite different. Anyways, it seems Matrice was interested in being more than a friend with Vanessa. She seemed to be very attracted to her. Sadly, Vanessa eventually told her that she was not interested in a relationship with Matrice. Just like it would to anyone, this kind of crushed Matrice's spirits. Family and friends noticed that around this time, early 2009, Matrice became much more withdrawn. She wasn't texting anyone as much, she wasn't going out as much, and it just seemed she lost her lust for life. This was also the time that cryptic messages began being sent out by Matrice. One such message to her mother read, Now do you know what I want to be when I grow up? Miss Mother Nature. Because Miss America is a fake-ass joke along with everything else we see. Although some find this somewhat oddly insightful, 
It did worry her mother because this was not how Matrice talked, and it seemed very out of her personality. I don't really have any other specific examples of texts that were sent out, but reportedly, they were all along the lines of this, just odd and sometimes completely unintelligible. On September 16th of 2009, that's the date when things really started to take a turn, from just odd to very alarming. On this day, Matrice was sending her mom many more odd text messages than normal, like an insane amount. Due to Matrice having to work at her other job, which was a warehouse, there were a lot of witnesses to her behavior that morning. All of her co-workers stated that she seemed upbeat and happy all morning, just like normal Matrice. But when they all went to lunch, no one knew where she had went, and she never came back after to finish up her shift, which was very unlike her. She was always there to work her hardest and work the entire time. No one recalled Matrice telling them she was only working a half day or having a viable reason to leave at all. Her supervisors didn't have an excuse. Her friends didn't have an excuse. No one really know where she went or why she went. It is pretty much unknown what Matrice did in the time from when she left work to when she got home. It is also unknown how long this time period was exactly, but eventually she got back home which I should mention was a home she shared with her great-grandmother. In the beginning, I said they were very close from Matrice's childhood, and because the great-grandmother was 91, Matrice decided to move in with her to help her out, and that way she was also closer to school. On Wednesdays, the two normally sat down and had dinner together. They would talk about their weeks and their upcoming events and just how life was going, because Matrice was a very busy college student. However, this Wednesday, Matrice got home and told her great-grandmother that the ocean was calling her name and she needed to drive down to Malibu on the scenic route. Her great-grandmother agreed that it was no big deal and they would just have dinner together next week. Some people immediately find the explanation of the ocean calling her name odd, but I know a lot of people who claim to be more like the witchy aesthetic or are really attached to nature in a way, and it kind of seems like they get those feelings as well, so it's not as crazy as we may think. Just like some of us in this community get the feeling that you just have to research that case or you need to take that week-long break because everything is just getting too much, it feels like something your soul needs, and so I don't believe it was that odd for Matrice to say this. She could have just felt like she needed a little time away on her own, and that's how she addressed it to her great-grandmother. So Matrice left the shared home around 5 p.m. that Wednesday night and began to drive. It seems on the way down to Malibu, she stopped off at her aunt's, because when her aunt got home, she found her yard covered in Matrice's go-go dancing business cards. Some reports state that this happened the day before, on September 15, 2009, I am unsure which is the exact date, but it did happen. Originally, Matrice's aunt thought maybe Matrice had stopped over and accidentally dropped her business cards everywhere. It's not that weird, people drop stuff, so she really didn't think much of it at first. Then she saw a note on her husband's car's windshield that read, Uncle Johnny Jimmy, Black Women Scorned. This note was in Matrice's handwriting, 
but no one had any idea what it meant or why she would leave it, and they never would. The aunt would later say that she had a gut feeling something was wrong, but chose to ignore it because she thought she was just getting overly worried about nothing. After stopping at the beach in Malibu to watch the sunset over the Pacific Ocean, Matrice found a fancy little restaurant by the name of Geoffrey's or Jeffrey's. She arrived there around 7 p.m. When she pulled up, she was told it was valet-only parking, and just to wait a minute while the valet parked another car. It seemed in the time it took him to park the car and come back, she had gotten out of her car and into his for some reason. He was confused why she would get into his car for no reason and asked her why she had. She said something along the lines of, it's subliminal. At some point, she also told him that she had to avenge the death of Michael Jackson. When finally giving the valet her keys to park the So, how does it feel when you play Roll Up to Win with Tim Hortons? Buy a hot or cold beverage using the Tim's app and find out. Roll in the app for a chance to win prizes ranging from free coffee and donuts to a Universal Orlando Resort vacation or a sweet car. Oh, don't forget the TV. And this year, every roll is a shot at a $1,000 daily giveaway drawing for two $500 prizes. Roll up to win and get treated by Tim's. No purchase necessary. Account registration required. 50 U.S. and D.C. 18 plus entered by 4223. See rules at rolluptowin.com for free entry of full details. Void in Florida and where prohibited. The car, she asked, is Vanessa here? This struck me as a huge odd point in the case as soon as I read it because Vanessa is reportedly the name of the love interest who rejected her before. Did she think Vanessa was following her or supposed to meet her? Or was Vanessa following her or supposed to meet her? Before finally walking into the restaurant, she told the valet to look out for a woman with tattooed arms, presumably the elusive Vanessa. After entering the restaurant, she was seated at a table for one. Sitting alone at her table, she saw a table not too far away from her that had over seven people at it who were laughing, talking, and all over having a good time. Matrice decided to grab a chair and join them. This table was struck by it, as it was very odd to do this, but conversed with her nonetheless. The group reported that Matrice had told them she was from a different planet, and her mother was Earth. So needless to say, they were somewhat concerned about her, as was the restaurant's staff at this time. It is unreported how long this scene in the restaurant went on for, but eventually the group of seven or more people decided to pay their bill and just leave. As they left, Matrice was following behind them, until she was stopped by the manager. He informed her that she had not paid her bill, so she couldn't leave. She told the manager that, indeed, the people she was sitting with had paid the bill, but he informed her that no, they had not. Shrugging, she flipped her pockets out to show the manager that she did not have any money on her, so she could not pay the bill. While doing this, she began acting even weirder and kept telling people she was from Mars. Being as kind as possible, the manager asks if there is anyone she could call to come and pay the bill. Apparently, the only number she could remember was her great-grandmother's, so she dials and waits. When her great-grandmother answered, the restaurant manager, or actually the restaurant host, begins to tell her what's going on but refuses to take the credit card information over the phone. Since this great-grandma is 91 and it's pretty late at this time, she has no way to get out to Malibu and help the situation. So for the safety of Matrice herself, 
The manager called the police. Lawful Sheriff Station Deputy Shalette, I can help you. Hi, I'm calling from Joffrey's restaurant in Malibu. Yeah. Um, we have a guest here who is refusing to pay her bill, and we think she may, I mean, she sounds really crazy, she may be on drugs or something. Um, we are wondering if someone can come by and pick her up. Okay, well, what's the address there? It's 27400 Pacific Coast Highway. And uh, is she a white, black, Asian, Hispanic? She's a um, young black girl. She's probably in her 20s. Okay, what's she wearing? She's wearing a black T-shirt and, I think, blue jeans. Is she with anybody else? No, it's just her. When police arrive, the restaurant staff still states that Matrice is acting weird, but the police never seem to put it down in a report. It is also reported by restaurant staff that when police arrive, Matrice begins to act much more nervously. Matrice ends up telling the police to look in her car because maybe her wallet is in there, and then she can pay the bill. Due to this, police go to her car and begin to search through it. The first thing they notice is that the car is filthy and just filled with stuff, almost like she had been hoarding random garbage in her car. As they begin to search, they state they do not find Matrice's wallet, but they do find some marijuana. Barely enough to warrant anything, though. However, since people are worried about Matrice's behavior, the police decide to arrest her for the marijuana and not paying the bill, and off towards the station they go. Since her great-grandmother was worried after the call from the restaurant, she decided to call Latisse and inform her of what was going on. Upon hearing the situation, Latisse was concerned, to say the least. Her daughter had never gotten in trouble with police, and she didn't know why Matrice wouldn't have called her. So Latrice calls the police, asking if Matrice would be released from jail tonight or tomorrow. She was about an hour away and had a 10-year-old child at home, so if there was no chance of Matrice being released tonight, then she just wouldn't drive out there. The officer on the phone stated that no, they would not be releasing her tonight. They would release her in the morning, and they would inform Latisse before that happened. In this call, Latisse states multiple times that Matrice must be drunk and that she doesn't want her daughter released because she did not know the area and was worried about her getting lost or hurt. I am calling. I'm a little frazzled right now. I understand my daughter is being brought into the station. My Trees Richardson, have they made it to the station yet? And she's been booked. Okay, is, is, do you know where she's coming from? Uh, it's some restaurant out in Malibu, and I, I didn't even think to get the name. The okay, manager's yeah, name the only, is... The only place we have somebody that's in custody that they just announced on the radio that they're coming up is from Joffrey's in Joffrey. the Pacific Highway. It's okay. the only female that's being brought up to the station as we speak. They actually just put it on the radio right before you called. Okay, okay. I'm I'm her mother, okay. and are you guys going to book her and then release her on her own re recognizance tonight because it, it, it's dark, she doesn't have a car, and I don't want her wandering out. I'm, I'm totally just taken aback because this is so out of character for her, yeah. and you'll see when she comes in, she, she's well-spoken. I think the only way I will come and get her tonight is if you guys are going to release her tonight. Yeah. If, if going to be held in custody for some type of arraignment tomorrow, mm -hmm. then I will wait until tomorrow. She definitely has no place, you know, I mean, she's not from that area, and I would hate to wake up to a morning report, so yeah. 
lost somewhere with her head chopped off. Uh-huh. So I guess I would have to come and get her. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're in a great house. The only thing is, at least in the station here, she will be separated. So nobody's going to be with her. Uh, so at least that's, you know, the plus thing. So you don't have to worry about her safety. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I feel safe with her being in, in, in custody. It's being released, but I'm worried about it. It's, it's crazy out here. All right. Well, then I will more than likely call and touch bases with you guys a little bit later. Uh, once yeah, she'll she call you as soon as she comes in, too. We don't completely know what happened while Matrice was in that jail because it is completely clear that police did not record or report everything. They neglected to acknowledge the fact that Matrice was acting weird, even though some deputies stated concern for this. An email eventually came out from a deputy to a sheriff. The deputy stated in the email that he was concerned with letting Matrice go, but the department let her go anyway. What we do know is that she placed four calls that night. However, the payphone that the JLEs use that records calls was inoperable that night, so we will never know exactly who she called or what she talked about. Some sources state that she called her great-grandmother four times, and the great-grandmother never answered because she didn't notice someone was calling. As it is reported that the only number... Matrice really knew by heart was the great-grandmother, this seems plausible. However, some deputies have said that they saw and heard Matrice talking on the phone, so that points towards the idea that she had placed those four calls to other people who did answer and who did talk to her. Another idea is that in her confused and odd state, she was just talking to herself as if she was having a conversation on the phone. But, once again, we'll never know for sure. Around 5.20 a.m. the next morning, Matrice places a call to the station again, asking if there is any word on her daughter being released. The police officer states he hadn't been there the night before, but he can look it up for her. He tells her that Matrice had been let go between 12.15 a.m. and 12.30 a.m. that morning. This was only a half hour or less after Latisse called and told the people at the station that she did not want Matrice to be released because she was worried that she could get lost or hurt. Needless to say, Latisse was livid about this, but on the phone, she seemed to stay very calm. The sheriff's office stated that they could not hold Matrice because she had no previous record and she was an adult, which I completely understand. The officers stated that they offered for her to stay in the cell overnight, or at least in the lobby, until someone could pick her up, but she brushed both of these offers off and walked out of the station. Officers said that Matrice told them she had friends to meet, but that seems very unlikely. Yes, good, good morning. My name is Latisse Bratton. I'm calling to follow up on my daughter who was brought in last night around 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Okay, let me chat through the jailer. Hold on, please. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no officers thought to offer her a ride, even though her car was at an impound lot over 15 minutes away with her phone and wallet inside. She had nothing to help her get home or really anywhere for that matter. Latisse continues to call around to friends and family to see if anyone had heard from or maybe even happened to pick up Matrice recently. To her dismay, no one had. So Latisse went back to the start, 
the sheriff's office. During this call, she asks how long she has to wait to file a missing persons report. She couldn't remember if it was 24 or 48 hours. The officer talks to her and asks why she wants to file one so quickly, since her daughter had only been gone for a few hours, and there are a lot of explanations as to what she could be doing. At this point, Latrice has to reiterate that her daughter does not know the area. She was let go without her phone or wallet in the middle of the night, and she is worried about her. The officer just tells her that he would suggest waiting at least 24 hours because Matrice is an adult and could just be sleeping somewhere or have met up with friends or taken the bus. I want to interject in the story at this point to simply say that there's no law stating someone has to wait to file a missing persons report. If you want to file one, you can. Yes, hi, my name is Latisse Batten. I called not too long ago regarding my daughter, my Chief Richardson. How long before a missing persons report can be filed? Is it 24 or 48 hours? That's long. Well, it depends on the circumstances, but uh, um, I, I didn't take your call, so I'm not familiar with it. Did she just not return home after going out? She was arrested last night. This is the first time she's been arrested. Um, she's in an unknown area. Mm -hmm. She's never been in. She's without a vehicle. Nobody can find her. And, and where was this at? Where was she arrested at? Your your facility. Her name is Mytrice Richardson. Okay. Do Do you know if she's if she's here now or was she released? They said she was released. Okay. And what time was she released? Um, at, at just shortly after 12 a.m. Yeah, normally I we wouldn't I wouldn't recommend doing one uh, that soon. Um, right. What is the time? Progressive protects more than just your home and car. You could save when you bundle your motorcycles, ATVs, boats, and RVs. Doesn't that sound good? Like the sound of the wind in the trees as your RV sits parked in the forest. Is that the call of the majestic owl? And there's the sound of a tree branch crashing into the roof of your RV. Oof, I guess their nest was in that branch. But you know what does sound good? You're covered with Progressive. So bundle all your vehicles and home in one place and save with the multi-policy discount. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. So, how does it feel when you play Roll Up to Win with Tim Hortons? Buy a hot or cold beverage using the Tim's app and find out. Roll in the app for a chance to win prizes ranging from free coffee and donuts to a Universal Orlando Resort vacation or a sweet car. Oh, don't forget the TV. And this year, every roll is a shot at a $1,000 daily giveaway drawing for two $500 prizes. Roll Up to Win and get treated by Tim's. No purchase necessary. Account registration required. 50 U.S. and D.C. 18 plus entered by 4223. See rules at rolluptowin.com for free entry of full details. Void in Florida and where prohibited. You know, I, I guess probably 24 hours would be reasonable. I mean, if, if there would be some some mitigating factors, you know, where, you know, you su would suspect maybe something, you know, well, not yeah. right, right? She doesn't know the area. She's never been in your area before. Where, where, do you, where does she live? She is unfamiliar with that area. Do you she think she possibly could have gotten a bus home? No. And oh. Listen, my child has never ridden a bus. Okay. No, right. she would not know how to ride a bus. <laughs> I would probably wait till you know early this morning, and if she doesn't turn up, you can certainly call. I don't suspect anything 
um, that happened. I'm concerned because, uh, well, first of all, I thought they were going to keep her overnight because she was highly intoxicated. Mm-hmm. Um, something, something is obviously going on with her. Have you talked to the jailer? And yes, 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 I have. He said he tried to get her disabled because she was an adult. They had to let her go. I, I believe that she is highly depressed. Um, and she, she she's in a depressive state. You know, it could be possible that maybe she. I mean, there's a lot of options and I, a lot of possibilities, and I don't think all of them would be, um, you know, something dire. But I can certainly understand your fears. You know, being your daughter and all that. Well, um, I think she's depressed. That's what has me is more excited. That's worth that. you more than just her, okay. That and the fact that she's in an area where she doesn't know where she's at. Yeah, does so. she take medication at all? No, she didn't. I, I believe it's a state that she's in right now because of just the, the weird activities that's been going on. What's her name? What's her name? Her name is Matrice Richardson. Okay, and your name, ma'am? Okay, here's what I want you to do. Let, yeah. get, why don't you wait a couple hours and, and give us some time to kind of, I'll go back and talk to the jailer and try and get a timeline of when she was released and, you know, make sure she's not asleep in our lobby or anything like that. And then once you give us a call back in a couple hours, she hasn't. Around 6.30 a.m., a call from someone living around the Calabasas area named Bill Smith came in. He stated that there was a prowler in his yard, a young black woman whose description matched that of Matrice's. He stated that at one point she was sitting on stairs that were against the back of his home, so he shouted out the window to ask if she was okay. She responded saying she was just resting. His home was difficult to get to, the gates were closed out front, And there was a hiking trail that went through the back, but it was pretty far out there. If she made it all the way to the steps that are connected to his home, she was trying to walk towards the home. It wasn't just accidental. He finished the call by saying she had left at around 6.25 a.m. When this call was investigated later, neighbors stated that they heard a voice of a woman coming from Bill's tennis courts in the back of his home. Other neighbors also stated that they heard a girl screaming from a vacant home on that street. Yet others stated that they saw a girl matching Matrice's description either entering or leaving Bill's home that morning. Yeah, hi. Hey, uh, this is uh, uh, Smith at Gold Canyon. We had a prowler walking around through the backyard here, but we don't know what the situation was. I uh, don't know if you have a unit in the area. might do a little drive-by or something. Okay, where is this at? This is Cold Canyon, by found Cold in Monte Nito. Um, and it's in the back of the house, uh, which is right where Wood Bluff hits, the, hits uh, Cold Canyon. Uh, and we just heard a strange woman walking through the backyard here. It's a fairly large property, and she was sitting on the steps right, right on the back of the house here. Uh, this is kind of a circular driveway, but the gates were closed, so we don't know where this woman came from. The cross was Woodbluff? Yeah, that's right. Uh, there, there's a, a horse trail, a hiking trail access through here, but we've never had this kind of thing happen before. What she look like? White, black, Hispanic? Uh, uh, you know, a tall, slim, black woman with Afro hair. 
Uh, well, she was sitting down, stretched out on the wooden steps in the back of the house, hard to tell, but uh, she looked like she might have been medium to slightly tall, uh, with a big afro hair, very skinny, and I think she was wearing maybe jeans or tight pants with a t-shirt. You've never, you've never seen her there before? No, never. Nobody ever does that. I mean, the, the people hike on the trail all the time. We, you know, the trail goes through our property, but we leave it open on purpose because it's kind of a nice thing for horses and people. And so she's laying across the, she was laying across the steps, or? She was sitting, kind of sprawled out on the, on the wooden steps in the back of the house, right against the back of the house. She's yeah. since got up and left? Uh, she's since gone, yeah. She's been gone about five minutes now, but as we thought it over, we thought maybe a little drive-by wouldn't be a bad idea. And what direction was she, she last seen headed? Never saw her. She, well, once she left, she just disappeared. Uh, we, I moved from one window to another. I said to her, I, I hollered down, are you all right? She said, I'm just resting, or something like that. Uh, but... Uh, she's certainly gone out of the way to get to that close to the house because the, the hiking trail is not that close. It's on the ridge. All right, well, we'll go ahead and check the area for Appreciate that very much. Not a problem, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. After the family is unable to locate Matrice all day, her mother travels to the sheriff's office to officially file a missing persons report. About 6.30 p.m. is the time when she gets there. At this point, she's told about the call from Bill Smith that was over 12 hours ago. No doubt she should have been called sooner and informed about this development in the case. Due to this, she is given directions to the area to look for her daughter. Later, Latisse would state that this area would have been extremely difficult for Matrice to walk to. She felt Matrice would have had to been driven to this neighborhood if she got there at all. Latisse also states that this is the point where she began to have a really bad gut feeling. Over 48 hours after Matrice first went missing, the official searches started. Some police have stated it was actually eight hours after she went missing, but by that time, a missing persons report had not even been filed, so I really don't believe them in this case. At this time, police took Matrice's car from the impound lot and brought it to their lot in order to investigate its contents. Right in front of the car, like in the driver's seat basically, was Matrice's wallet. So it seems really weird that the initial deputies that were sent out to the restaurant did not notice this when that's what they went to the car to find. When they checked her bank account, they found that there was over $2,000 in there, so she definitely could have paid the $90 restaurant bill. They found multiple journals in the car filled with odd writings, things like what she was texting her friends and family around the time of her disappearance. Police also looked into her social media accounts and found that she had posted an extreme amount of posts the night before also in odd wording and unintelligible sentences. It was actually concluded that there was so many writings that Matrice probably did not sleep the night before her disappearance. The first real search started with scent dogs. They started at Bill Smith's house because they assumed the woman he had seen was Matrice. The scent went from his home to a neighbor's and then simply vanished. Police also found footprints that eventually just vanished as well. It seems Matrice just evaporated into thin air at one point. 
when certain things such as the email between the deputy and the sheriff and the overall negligence of the officers the night Matrice went missing come out, her mother gets a civil rights lawyer and the tensions between the family and police rise considerably. This lawyer starts to call out the police department right away, stating that if it were someone famous or someone white, the police would have not let them go or at least offered them a ride back to their car. This was actually proven when Mel Gibson was arrested by the same department and they ended up driving him back to his car. The lawyer is just calling for the police to right what they've wronged or at least apologize and acknowledge that they were grossly negligent in this case. In January of 2010, Matrice's father goes to Las Vegas for a trip. Well, he is at a stoplight. He says he saw Matrice standing on the corner. He got out of his car and ran towards her, shouting her name, but the girl ran away. He believes that because of this, Matrice is alive and okay, but in Vegas working as a prostitute. Maybe this could have developed from her dancing job at the club, or maybe she had met foul play the night she disappeared and been forced into it. A while later, the same exact thing happens to one of Matrice's friends from high school. They are in Vegas for a trip, and they see Matrice walking around, so they call out to her. This woman gets spooked again, Matrice or not, and then runs away and out of sight. Because of these two supposed sightings, police make a trip to Vegas to see if they can find Matrice. While they were there, they talked to over 70 people who reported seeing Matrice out and about, but they find no real trace of her while they are looking around. Earlier in the case, police had stated that they did not have any video footage of the department that night. They said cameras were just for monitoring. Apparently, they did not record. Now that they're six months into the investigation, tapes of that night magically appear. These videotapes show inside of the jail and outside. Inside, Matrice is seen acting very off. It seems impossible that deputies did not notice this while she was in custody. From these tapes, we also find out her official release time was at 12.28 a.m., and at that time, a jailer lets her outside. On the videotapes from outside, you can also see another deputy exit out of another door on the station. This is highly suspicious because it was reported that no deputies were at the station, but Matrice was released, and this man has never been mentioned. Although we still do not know the identity of this deputy, his arrest's timeline shows he did not have enough time to bring Matrice anywhere or harm her in any way, pretty much. On August 9th of 2010, almost a full year after Matrice went missing, two rangers were hiking through a place called the Dark Canyon and found a decomposing body. This area is called the Dark Canyon because it is very treacherous and it is not somewhere that you would just stumble upon. You would basically have to know it's there to even try and get to it. When they find the body, they note that there are still dark curls connected to the skull, and there are pieces of the clothing in a nearby bush. It was also noticed that one leg was found about six feet away from where the rest of the body was, and her left arm was in a flexed position. Joining me right now is a special guest. It is Latisse Sutton. This is my Teresa's mother. Miss Sutton, thank you so much for being with us. I know that this is 
not the answer that you had hoped for. But I am learning that you had gone to the area and you actually discovered remains. That is correct. That is um, where the actual request for the coroner's office to go back out to the site to search for more remains, that's where that began. That began back on November 6, 2010. And, you know, I I really appreciate you having me on on your show, Nancy, because I I really believe that your show can help bring national attention to this this injustice that I believe has occurred in my Teresa's case. Um, There has been many, many mistakes that have occurred. And I I feel that as a mother who has lost her child in the most Mm. tragic way, I can't even grieve her because I'm too busy investigating this case. Ms. Sutton. Yes. I got to tell you, as a crime victim myself, you are absolutely right. It's hard enough to take in what has happened, but it's like it's your duty to seek justice. You've got that burden on your back as well. Please tell our viewers what happened. Uh, Well, apparently my daughter was in the Malibu area for whatever her reasons were that night. And um, she ordered a meal. She started speaking gibberish and saying that she was from Mars, didn't have parents, and she was there to avenge Michael Jackson's death. We later learned that she was demonstrating a lot of um, perhaps mental um, behavioral issues. So it's quite possible that she was having the onset of some type of mental crisis. Um, Or she could have very easily... Miss Sutton, then slipped something in her drink. That is she true. was out at this restaurant bar. She yeah, uh, there there is she gorgeous young girl. She's mm-hmm. at this restaurant bar. She goes in, everything's fine. Then all of a sudden everything starts getting crazy. Well, actually, Lancy, she was doing bizarre things before she even entered into the restaurant. She was getting into people's cars and going through their CDs before she even went into the um, I restaurant. I didn't realize that. But let's, let's fast forward because what happened there, the, the real issue is the people that we depend on to protect us and to serve us as well as to uphold our laws, they saw this behavior. They were told about this behavior from eyewitnesses. They are the first responders. And instead of them holding her to be evaluated by a qualified professional, they took her in after making her leave her purse, her money, her debit cards, her cell phone, everything in her vehicle, had her vehicle towed, take her in for an hour and a half to two hours, process her, then release her in the middle of the night with no means to take care of herself, no way to get home. They knew she wasn't from the area because I told them. I told them she appears to be in a crisis, but they let her out, and that was the last place she was ever seen. At this point, police and the medical examiner's office were called in. However, due to the area being so difficult to get to, the medical examiner had a lot of trouble. The police later stated that the medical examiner told them to move the body since it was getting dark and they didn't want animals to get to it, but the medical examiner refutes this and says he gave specific instructions to leave the body where it was. Either way, the body was taken out by helicopter as to not put anyone in danger of hiking into the area. Due to this and police negligence, yet again, there are no pictures of how the body was originally found at least not official pictures. 
There is a picture that the ranger took on his cell phone, but that is really all they have of the original crime scene. Well, of course, the first reaction is pure terror. Could this be her? And then you have to get over that and spring into action. You need to come out, find out what's going on, see what's being done. Um, because since the inception of this case, there's been so many different stories, so many, you know, hiding of information. So definitely there's a need to be here to see what's going on, to hear firsthand what's being said. Um, we do know that there are remains that, are, that, that were extricated from that area, which is not too far from where those terrible murals were found, not too far from where Bill Smith lives. It's, 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 it's not coincidental. Um, I, I don't think it's a coincidence. So we are definitely taking this very serious. One thing I do know in my gut, and as a mother who has nurtured my tree since she was born, is she is not running around in Las Vegas. That I do know. I do not believe she's out there. Um, I want more than anybody else for my trees to be alive but I'm not naive enough to believe that she may not come out of this alone. But I'm not going to stop until I find her one way or the other. Later that day, it was confirmed to be Matrice by dental record comparison. Sadly, her mother held a press conference and stated she knew her daughter was never in Vegas. She had the feeling that Matrice was gone all along. Although there are not a lot of official reports about the crime scene, we do know a few odd pieces to it, and police could not explain these things away as easily since they had stated that when they got to the body, it had not been touched since it had been found. The family eventually hired their own forensic pathologist, and she thought right away from the beginning that the police messed up greatly. Here's what she found. For starters, only the jeans and Matrice's bra were found on a bush near the body. Shoes, underwear, socks, and shirts were missing from her body or any of the area near her body, and they haven't been found to this day. Police have tried to discredit this as animals taking the clothing, but then we look at the fact that her clothes had to have been off when she died then. Because the fact is, animals cannot undress humans that perfectly. To add to the oddities, Matrice's head was found detached from her body and placed on top of her torso. There were about five or six neck bones missing. And since there seems to be no animal intervention on the bones, this could point towards her body not being intact when she was brought to the location in the first place. The forensic pathologist stated that Matrice's left arm was flexed when her body was found, and this would not be consistent with any natural causes of death, since there was nothing around her to hold her arm in that way. I don't know exactly what that means then, what could cause that, but the forensic pathologist basically said this points towards human intervention. This alone should have made police consider homicide. There were other things that pointed to homicide also. Tangled in Matrice's hair was an earring of an unknown person. It was confirmed that it was not Matrice's. Lastly, her teeth had a pinkish hue to them when she was found, which is often found in strangulation victims. 
but in order to confirm that, they would need the neck bones that were missing. The first thing the medical examiner noted was that there were no signs of animal disturbance on the body, which was a very odd thing for this area, especially if she was there the entire time she was missing. There are vultures and coyotes that roam frequently around this area, so it seems there should have been at least some kind of animal damage. The medical examiner also stated that there were no signs of outward trauma, and since it had been so long and the body was so decomposed, there was no way to find the cause or manner of death. At this time, the police were not convicted of any wrongdoing in the case, and it held an undetermined manner and cause of death. In July of 2011, the body of Matrice Richardson was exhumed to be reinvestigated by the LA Crime Lab, but the results still came back as an undetermined cause and manner of death. Both parents decided to sue the LA police for being negligent in this case, and both won, gaining about 900000 from the suit, but it did not bring their daughter back. To this day, police have not admitted any wrongdoing in this case, and that completely blows my mind. The theories in this case range from police cover-up to the rancher doing it, to the parents knowing what's going on, it's really all over the place. A lot of people believe Matrice never really left the grounds of the jail alive that night. They believe the deputy that came out after she was released was the one who killed her and dumped her body there, even though the timeline doesn't really point to that. Others believe that since people saw Matrice entering or leaving the home of Bill Smith, that maybe he had something to do with it, but all of his alibis and everything has checked out as well. So really, we can only think of two scenarios here. Either she was walking around, got picked up by someone who had foul play in mind, and they killed her or hurt her and dumped her in that canyon, or she could have just fallen in that canyon. It would have been fairly hard to get to, but maybe in her state, she wandered too far and somehow just got through that area. Since she was so far decomposed, we don't really know what trauma could have been done to her skin and muscles and such, so she could have had torn things, a lot of scratches, which could have pointed to her falling there, but I don't really believe that's what happened. Anyway, that is the end of the Matrice Richardson episode. It's a really intriguing case, and it's really confusing. It kind of reminds me of the Emma Filipoff episode, just because their last few days before they disappeared were just odd. They weren't making any sense, and they seemed to be having mental breakdowns, but no one really connected the dots until after they were missing. Anyways, be sure to join us on Get Vocal tomorrow at 8 p.m. Central Time, and check out the Patreon for the upcoming 31 Days of Crime episodes.
The Great Unsolved is a production of the Oracle Network.